I was doing the research to try to find out kind of um, how you came to personal development. And I was intrigued that you started at 14, which is crazy. It is. Keith. I don't know, Keith, but I've always felt it. I've always known. And um, there's, there's that inner knowing inside of me that was too loud, or that I call it the inner fire. It was, mm. it was forcing its existence on me. Like, I'm here. You have to hear me out. Mm. You have to feel me. And it started at a very young age. I've always felt more mature and more aware than my age anyways. Did something happen to you to accelerate the awakening or did it just happen by itself? If I think about it now, yeah. uh, and I do, mm -hmm. I think that the thing that accelerated it the most was uh, praying, my relationship with God, yeah. Okay. Because that was me meditating at 14, right? Wow, when you're praying, okay. you're meditating. It's yeah. a form of meditation. Yeah. And uh, it's that, because I do believe that God gives you the gifts mm. of wisdom, strength, uh, patience, right? Yeah. Uh, so the more that I prayed, the more that I, I, asked, I asked for those and the more that I got them. Mm. And it's like I was opening up channels and especially when it comes to love. Because when I was young, mm. uh, should I tell that story or not? <laughs> Depends on you. So when I was young, I, I found a card for uh, Virgin Mary from Medjugorje. Okay. And it said, if you knew how much I loved you, you would wow. cry of joy. And at the time, I was like seven years old. Okay. And I didn't. To me, at seven, I don't understand if crying, crying means joy, means sadness. Mm. So how can I cry out of joy? And love brings happiness. How can I be sad and cry? Because, right, at seven, you don't understand these things because your brain is not fully developed yet to understand. Actually, kind of, but not all the way through. So I, I literally prayed for that that night. I was like, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Please help me understand what it means to cry of joy from feeling a certain kind of love. Wow. And I've, I believe that that prayer opened up a channel of an influx of the greatest form of love. Because the energy of love that I have within me is not, is not just from my parents. And it's not just from the people that I'm surrounded by. Because it's much more powerful than that. And I can feel it. It's, it's a love that I've never experienced physically. Mm. Right? So... And I do believe that that prayer, out of pure intentions, when you're a child, your children are the closest to God because they're the purest. Wow, 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 wow. There's a, there's a quote that I love. Um, it's from the Bible. And it says, to enter the kingdom of heaven, be thy the ch children. Yes. Which means be pure, exactly. be loving, be present, be exactly. just a child. Because we, when we grow up, we start developing these... Uh, and I, I actually, I was meeting up with a friend uh, two a week ago, mm -hmm. and he was telling me the story that his uh, his sister had children now, and mm -hmm. when he hugs the children, he really feels the purity of wow. that because when you're born, your soul is so pure, and it has no you know of course there's generational trauma and all of that, but it has no spite, it has no hatred, it has no dis. Um, segregation it has no judgment it mm. has nothing it's just pure and so when you're close to them it's your you, this is the closest to god you can get physically wow this is incredible so so praying from that place mm. i feel like i asked for the purest form of love and, and god gave me that purest form of love and it really charges 
everything in my being and every it's behind everything that I do it's behind every word that I say it's behind every behavior whether I treat how I treat myself or how I treat other people so coming from that place which I believe love is the most powerful energy in the world in the universe it, mm. it's it's the form which was it's the energy that was used to create God wow. created out of love okay this is powerful right. powerful stuff <laughs> I feel everything we do is an attempt to be loved Do you agree? Because everything we do is also an attempt to reconnect with our truth, and that's our truth. And that's what you stand for. You're coming from love. So that's what you want to get back to, your truth, love. Mm, so that's what you mean when you say come back to your truth? Yes. <laughs> okay. So what I really find fascinating about your story is there's two types of, peop two types of reactions. Let's not say people. There's one that's the victim mm -hmm. and there's one that's the creator. Right. And I feel like you've had a, a huge shift and you have this power, which I also have a lot of friends that have it too, that are pretty successful, which is to, to shift from one to the other or to see it from a positive light. So let's start with this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip the intro for now. I might do it later. But uh, <laughs> I feel like just jumping in. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to January 1st, 2024. <laughs> when you had... Yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> when you had that um, tra tragic accident happen to you. And I want to tell you, first of all, two things. Can you run us back to what happened? Mm -hmm. And then tell you, can you tell us kind of... Uh, let, let's first go through this. Actually, it was two accidents in one day. In one day? Yes. How? Two accidents on January 1st, 2024. Uh, that's actually crazy. How, how did that happen? <laughs> crazy, crazy. 2024 is a wild ride. I, <laughs> I love it though. I love it and I'm so curious on the adventure okay. it's going to take me. And that's we're going to get that. that okay. <laughs> uh, so what happened is that I was going back home from New Year's Eve with my friends. Uh, we were five in the car. Um, I was sitting in the back seat in the middle. So I was able to see the entire road. And uh, as we were going, the road had a lot of turns. Mm. And so my friend, instead of going through the turn, he kept on going straight. And then he went into the downhill, down the mountain hill. And then the car turned uh, around two times, 360 degrees. What? Yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't know anything of this. I, <laughs> I thought it was just uh, two cars. Yeah. No, 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 no car. No other car was involved. So in was that accidents. the first or the second accident? That was the first. Okay. That was around 3 a.m., Uh, ambulance came. Uh, everyone was good. I I just couldn't move much because of my neck and my Shit. back. Yeah, so the ambulance had to come, take me to the hospital. We did the tests. Nothing was broken. It was just you know muscle, uh, severe muscle tension mm -hmm. to protect my spine because then my neck when you turn when the car turns, my neck my neck went like that and my spine Yeesh. fully yeah. Okay. Um, but thank God everything's good. I'm healthy. I'm good now. Perfectly good. So after. Finished uh, at the hospital at around 7 a.m. I went home. I slept, woke up, started my day on the couch, of course. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't move much. Uh, but every Monday was a Monday. So every Monday I go to St. Therese and Saylet uh, Church. Okay. So I wanted to go, especially after an accident like that. Okay. I don't care. I can't drive because I can't move my neck to see left and right. So I had my sister take me. And as we were driving there... Um, She explains it like that. She doesn't know. She, she was about to catch the highway and uh, the internal highway, though. 
and something happened where she just couldn't see anymore and she went on the highway divider she like the car went on the highway divider like the like the, the separator what do you call it from the two sides so the, the yes. some cars are going this way some the other cars the other way, way and and the car went up went up in between in the, the middle yeah and so it was like that she hurt her lower back i not i, I didn't hurt anything except for the <laughs> like what happened yeah seriously did we just get into another accident what again ambulance hospital scans what did But you feel at that moment and the second one or the first the two okay so <laughs> the combination of the two so one after the other because it was two completely different experiences okay how i felt at least and the first one which was the more tragic one if you want okay um it was crazy and you know i've worked a lot on my mental i've mm. worked a lot on my mindset and my awareness and all of that but it was times like that where i realized that I really have done the inner work. And I was grateful because, you know, you've read The Power of Now, you know, The Observer, you know, that level of awareness of completely disconnecting yourself from the situation, not identifying yourself with it, not attaching yourself to the story, not uh, playing the victim. I was out watching myself. What? And I was able to completely disconnect from what happened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, choose your story. Do you want to be the victim of this? Something just happened. This New Year's, an accident just went one. down. Scenario one, exactly. Uh, I talk about the, I talked about this on my Instagram post, and that would usually come from a place of I need attention, I need love, I need care. Right? I didn't need that because I've done the inner work. Of course, love is beautiful to feel, but I, I didn't have that need. Right. So, the second story was it's crazy. It's it's funny. The second story is to for me to choose. How do I want to experience this in a positive way? Because I said it, I say it all the time and I'm going to say it again here. Every event is neutral. The meaning you give to that event makes it either positive or negative. Mm. So that event was completely neutral. What's the meaning that I want to give to it? That's going to create the story in my mind. So here I was like, part of what I do is public speaking. And part of what I want to do is take that a lot further. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> one, the first thing I'm like, I said, is adventure time like because <laughs> i'm all about you know experiencing life so like i'm on an adventure like perfect i just went through something that i don't usually go through i did something for the first time right when was the last thing you did something for the first time i think that's a very powerful question mm. uh another thing is that uh, i'm like wow now i have a more interesting story to share with my audience on stage Mm. now i can move them through their emotion now i can talk about something that can really connect to some of those people and now this experience that i just have because of that level of awareness is going to be able to help me help them so the entire even when i was sitting on the couch and i couldn't move for two weeks i was just you know i couldn't really sleep well or you know sit well or, or drive or even work out everything so sitting on that couch i work with professional athletes and part of what professional athletes go through is injuries They mm. have to sit and stop doing anything. They have to, you know, experience pain. They the have hardest to, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and a lot of athletes I've worked with have gone through that. So I wanted to put myself in their shoes and how can I help them better? What are the tools that I give them? How can I apply it on myself? Is it going to help or not? How can I upgrade the tools that I use? 
what kind of pain do they feel? Let me feel it. How can I let go of it? How wow. can I connect with my body deeper? So I was using that experience and instead of asking myself, what is, why is this happening to me two in a row in one day? I asked, what is this trying to teach me? How can I become a better person? How can I become a better professional because of what I just experienced? How is this happening for me? So yeah. we have a, um, so people know there's actually, a, how do we say, a tableau, which means uh, in English, let's translate. <laughs> and it says thing, things yeah. are working out for me. Yeah. And it relates to also to Tony Robbins' philosophy. And we're going to explore your philosophy today. But I shared this story. I wanted to start this as a, with a compliment. Mm -hmm. But I felt like sharing your story would be a much stronger statement to who you are as a person yeah. than saying, uh, Maria is a great person, that's so nice. No, I, I think your story proves that you talk the talk and you walk the walk. I do my best. Yeah, and that's one thing I admire in you. Thank you. And I think now is the perfect time to do the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey Rich Souls, today is a new episode of Rich Inside. I'm your host, Aji, and today we have a very, very special guest. The objective of this podcast is to help you unlock the secret wisdom of high performers that match between spirituality and high performance to help you unlock a richer, more enlightened, and meaningful life. Today we have Maria Saab, who is a Mind Valley high performance coach, who is an international speaker and who also happens to be a very, very good friend. And today we're going to explore everything when it comes down to three things. The first one is, uh, <laughs> I think I, I <laughs> when you, okay, the first, I know the second one, which is basically breaking free from limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. The third one is reconnect, reconnecting to your true self and being a creator of your life. And the first one is awareness. Mm -hmm. So that experience you just shared, First of all, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Second of all, Thank the first experience me. we shared of you having that accident and having scenario one and two, one being the victim, two being the creator, mm -hmm. is very, very powerful to everyone's day-to-day -day experience. Everyone goes through stuff and has a choice to decide how they interpret everything That's that it. happens. So uh, let's start this with this. We live in a culture in Lebanon where it's very, uh, the norm is to be a victim. Mm -hmm. yep. So if you were to talk, to have a megaphone that could talk to the entire nation now live and they're all listening to you on this subject, what would you say? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, the, on the subject of victim, having a victim mentality, yeah. to me first, victim mentality comes from what? Comes mm. from needs. There is a need that you have because of something that you didn't get through from childhood. So right? from trauma? For sure. Okay. Uh, trauma or experiences or just lack of love, affection, being lack heard, of love. being understood. From the up upbringing, 50% of your personality is formed from the age of zero to seven. Wow. Yeah. Because that relates to uh, Bruce Lipton, the fact that it's like you're in a hypnosis state. You're... Actually, I like this topic. Do you want to go there? Or do you Let's go. Make it? Okay. And then we can go back to whatever you want. We can go back to the other one. Okay. Okay. So, you know how Aristotle says that you are born as tabula rasa? You are born as a white sheet of paper. That's what Aristotle wow, says. Wow, I've never heard this. Yeah. This is so interesting. So, okay. I, I thought about it. And I'm sure other philosophers have thought about it. I'm not going to take any credits, but I just did my own an analysis okay. of what he just said. I'm like, are we born as a white sheet of paper? Actually, 
how I understand it is mm. we are mind, body, and soul, right? So my mind is born as a white sheet of paper, yes, because it knows nothing about the physical world. Mm. But I have a soul that is all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful because it's from the creator. This is the creator and we are extensions of him, mm. right? This is so, so powerful. I like this. That is who I am. When I say I'm being, I am, it's my soul. It's not. I'm not going to separate the mind, the body, and the soul because they are one in this lifetime, right? But at the same time, the essence of the life force that is in me is my spirit. And that is not a white sheet of paper. But my spirit, to navigate the physical world, it needs my mind and it needs my body. So my mind needs to first start to create definitions on what things are to be able to serve because my mind's main purpose is to be safe and alive, mm. right? So to be able to keep me safe and alive, it needs to know everything in my surrounding. And this is where the ego starts to build up. And if you want to know what's a tree, what's a pen, what's a paper, what is this color? Does this hurt me if I touch it? Is, does this uh, bring me more pain? Let me get away from it because it's dangerous. What is familiar? Because that's safe. What is unfamiliar? That's dangerous. That's how your mind draws on things. So from the age of zero to seven, you're starting to make sense of the world. And how do you make sense of the world first? Mm. By observing. How do my parents react to when I cry? How do they act with themselves? How do they act with each other? How do they act with me? What kind of emotions do they give me? What kind of emotions do they not? How does that say about me and what I deserve? If they don't give me love, then do I not? I don't deserve love. And the child, just as important as the milk that they get, it the love is just as nourishing. And the child is going to do everything it takes to get the love of the parent, even if it's, you know, overachieving eventually in their life. Whoa. Right? Let's talk about high performance. Where mm, does it come from? Yeah. I'm not good enough. Why are you not good enough? I'm not good enough because I don't deserve my parents' love that I needed and I didn't get when I needed it. But how Whoa. true is that? Wow, that's yeah. so powerful because a lot of high achievers are fueled. I am one of them. I'm not talking about everyone, but I am. I was fueled by trauma mm -hmm. and trying to prove that I was good enough. And that's why life happens for you, not to you. Because yeah. trauma was supposed to be there for you to become the person you're supposed to become. Only if you stop, you take the lesson and you actually apply. You actually apply. So then, then it connects to the point we said in the beginning of being the creator or the victim. Yes. So the trauma can happen to anyone and you choose either. And almost either, everyone, honestly. And almost in different everyone. forms and levels and, and, and uh, intensities. But it's pretty crazy. Like, like trauma, for a long time when I was younger, let's go back to when we were young. We were fascinated by personal development, success, achievement. And I was fascinated by Kobe Bryant and all these uh, huge performers. And I went on the road to success trying to think that it will be the source of fulfillment that will uh, fulfill me. And as you go, I studied more and more successful people and realized, connected the dots, that they all went through trauma. Like we just talked about the book of Oprah and she went through trauma when she was younger. Yeah. Her parents left her or something, which yeah. is a form of trauma. Michael Jackson, his father was really violent and very coercive with him. Um, MJ the same, Will Smith. His mother used to be his dad. So there's a lot of trauma that fuels uh, success. How can you heal from this? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a long journey. <laughs> Oof, I think uh, it's different. It depends on what you went through, right? So mm. the number one step, speaking of your number one topic, the number one step towards any change in behavior is awareness. 
One, awareness. you need to be aware of how you feel, where you stand, and where you are. If I don't know that I'm, I've went through trauma, and if I don't know that I'm not mm. okay, how can I start to, to become okay or do something about it? I need to first be aware of what is it that I'm going through or what is it that I'm feeling and to know that that's, you know, something's wrong. Mm, so the awareness. Yeah. And it takes, does it take kind of mindfulness to do it? Um, I would, I'm not going to say that. Yes, it does. It takes self-awareness. Uh, like, because not every person who's mindful is aware of what they're feeling. Okay. So that's why I don't want to generalize that. But okay. Uh, it does take self-reflection. It does self-reflection. Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. And self-reflection, I think, is one form of being mindful, like journaling or, or some form. And just asking yourself the right questions. Like what? Like example, first, if something triggered you, right? Yep. Uh, and that you know, what is what? Why did it trigger you? It triggered you mm. because you have unhealed emotions that you have within you. And what? It's not about what the person did, and it's not about who you are. It's about that that thing that they did. Can spoke to that unhealed emotion and that reaction that you did was because to protect yourself from the pain you felt when, through that emotion. So the ego, so the here, survival exactly. and safety. So when you ask yourself the right questions here in this case, it's not why did this person do, to, do this to me? No, it's why did I feel something when this person did that? Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense because I, I feel it inside yeah. of me. Okay. <laughs> so um, What's really interesting with high performance, let's go into that realm, is, uh, and Vishen wrote the book, um, and I talked to you about this when I read it, Extraordinary, The Code of an Extraordinary, yeah. Extraordinary Mind. And in the book, he talks about three concept limiting beliefs that most people face. First of all, society's rules. Be rules. Rules, yep. <laughs> what do you think about those, especially in the culture we live in? Um, when I first heard Vishen talk about that, uh, B rules is, or rules are bullshit rules. Are we? Yeah. Can you yeah can say okay, whatever. so bullshit <laughs> rules. Uh, because to him, it's that um, every rule is bendable. Every rule is bendable. You can bend the reality. That's part of wow. his philosophy. And to me, honestly, you can put rules all you want, but life's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen and it wants to happen. Okay. Right? So, what are the rules? besides being man-made to me the rules that cannot be uh, messed up with are the laws of the are the, the, laws universe. Of the universe oh yeah okay I that's like a this. rule i don't want to i don't want to mess with okay but beyond that it's man-made like i don't want to say that those rules are not man-made there but this is literally the science of life but then again if you're going to tell me um you can't i don't know you can't jump that high let's talk about high performance in athletics yeah it was proof it was, uh, i i study a lot of action adventure sports and uh, athletes and and their journey through that and to a certain extent there was a move or there was a height level that nobody could reach mm. but then when someone reached that everybody then reached that why because if i'm able to know that this is possible then i'm going to try to aim for that but if i think it's impossible then i'm not even going to try to aim for that right so who put that rule that this is not possible? Mm. Uh, one way or another, I don't think if you get my point, I don't know if you... No, get I get it, point. of course. Yeah. The glass ceilings you put on yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's society. It was, it's, it's there to give us all the rules in order to, to me, how I understand it, at least to not allow us to reconnect with our truth, which is our power. And then wow. they don't, they lose their power. 
Okay, so it's very interesting. I, I want to see it from a standpoint of a little teenager who's in society and who uh, knows he's meant for more, mm -hmm. maybe like we were when he, we were younger, but that has all these rules that are around him. What should he kind of question? First of all, get to know who you are. Don't focus on the outside. Don't try to focus on what are the rules outside of me or how should I act outside to make it? Who am I? That's the question. Mm. Reconnect with who you are. Start by exploring that inner world. Ask yourself, what makes up who I am? What kind of beliefs do I have in my... What, how is my subconscious mind wired? How mm. is my mind wired? And how do you know how your mind is wired when you don't have professional support? One thing is journaling. When you write down, the words that you use is how you talk to yourself in your mind. Are you saying, I should have done that, I should do this? This tells me that you have a critical voice. It's always blah, 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 you know, Whoa. trying to tame you. It's, it's about, you know, the, being aware of what are the things that trigger me? Let me go and get triggered by people so I understand what are the unhealed emotions so that I go through them. And the more that that person knows who they are, the more that they, they don't no longer attach or identify themselves with what happens outside of them. And the more that they go beyond what's outside of them. And then that's it. They go above the above environment. Above the rules. Exactly. Above the rules. Yeah. I like this. I love this. I realize that I do this. Yeah. When I journal, I write, I should have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I have a very critical yeah, mind. I used so. to do that. I used to do that. So what do you do now? So what's the alternative? What do I replace um, it with? You can just simply question it. Why should I do this? Mm. What if I don't? Okay. Then what happens? Allow yourself to be. Allow do yourself. I really want to do that? Who told me that this is this should happen? Okay. I like this a lot because yeah. who told me this should happen? Whose voice is that? Is it my voice or is it the voice of, I don't know, my teacher? My wow. Mom, okay. My dad? Okay. Because yeah. then... The awareness grows from this. It's a thousand percent. And here you start realizing who you really are at the core of yourself. So not what society expects from me, but what do I really want? That's why it's, the attention is never outside of myself. It's, if you want to create anything it's, or manifestation, the rule, for the, the equation for that, it's 80% inner work, 20% outer work. Because there, there needs to be outer work. Action needs to be put because... It, Going back to the laws of physics or the laws of the universe, the universe, an object in motion remains in motion. An object at rest remains at rest. So if you want to create something, you need to put that object in motion for it to remain in motion. If it's not in motion, it's going to remain at rest, right? So yes, action is needed. It has to be done. But before that, there needs to be inner work. Why? That's where we go deep. Okay. <laughs> that's the, that's I, I, we're going deep, as deep as you want. So, so what? What? let's understand how life okay. is. So everything is energy, right? Everything is energy. Everything has a frequency. The reason why you're able to hear my voice because it's vibrating at a certain frequency that you're able to hear. Mm. The reason why you can't hear other sounds is because it's, not, it's vibrating at a frequency you're not able to hear, but the dogs are so they can detect danger. This is so crazy. Happens. This yeah. is so crazy because I sometimes see my dog he looks around. Because he can hear things we can't. He can hear things we can't. Exactly. And if you go on YouTube right now and you put, uh, I don't know what the experiment is called, but it's where there's sand and then they shift the frequency and then the sand starts to make different shapes based on the different frequencies. Uh, okay. Because it, everything takes shape depending on the frequency that that holds. Like that pillow, for example, the, it's made of atoms and particles that are resonating at a certain frequency yeah. to create that shape. Change its frequency, it changes its shape. Okay. Right? So here, the same thing when it comes to us, we, we are magnetic 
electromagnetic beings, mm-hmm. right? So we do have a frequency. But then again, what kind of frequency am I putting outside? Because going back to the laws of physics, okay. to every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So everything that I'm putting out there, I'm receiving just as equal. Cause and effect. Exactly. So if I'm putting out good energy, I'm receiving good energy. If I'm putting out bad energy, I'm receiving bad energy. How do I choose what to put out? I choose because you can tell me that I'm a good person, but I always, I'm always surrounded by bad people, right? Mm. But I'm putting out good energy, but I always get hurt. How's your subconscious mind wired? Do you deserve to be loved? Or do you expect people to hurt you? Because mm. subconsciously, that, whole, that subconscious thought holds a frequency as well. And that subconscious thought has that frequency that it has. It's within you and you're putting it out there. So the, the frequency that you put out there is the frequency that you are. Wow. Right? So who am I? It's the being, everything that creates who I am, consciously and subconsciously. So once I heal from every emotion that I don't deal with mm. is in, stuck inside of myself, whether it's in my subconscious mind or in my body. So that, that emotion that's unhealed has a low frequency. And that's why people start getting diseases. Because that low frequency is creating a low frequency of energy in my body. And it's creating a, resist, a, a, a lack of flow. And when, when, when your organ is vibrating at a low frequency, disease then happens. Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah. So if you, wanna, if you heal that, you're elevating that frequency of energy again. And so your body is going back to health. And mm. so here, if I'm healing and if I'm releasing and if I'm doing the inner work, I'm increasing, increasing my energy, my internal frequency. And if I'm internal, increasing my internal frequency, I'm increasing the frequency I'm putting outside. If I'm increasing the frequency I'm putting outside, I'm increasing the frequency I'm getting back. So I'm changing my outside life by changing my inner. That's the power. Wow. Okay. I just had a thought, which is really interesting. That's why I say become, resonate, attract, because you need to become first. That's to your motto. To attract, yeah. Become, resonate, attract. Yes. Because you have to first become what you want. Which is really interesting because most people want to attract something, but they're not what they need to be to attract it. Exactly. And that's why when I work with people and they're like, I want to meet the love of my life. Who are you? What, who are you trying to become that person first to be able to, to attract that equal and opposite reaction? You need, what kind of person do you need to become to attract that love of your life? It's not just, okay. hmm, I, he needs to have this, he needs to have that, he needs to have this. He needs, okay, wh- who are you willing to be? Oh, are you willing to become that person first? To match. Yes, to match the frequency. Okay, this is a topic that I love. <laughs> okay. Love, and you know this especially because we always talk about this. Um, one thing about this world is that we're brought into the world and we see everything around us, but... It's by closing our eyes that we see the most. Mm-hmm. We feel the most. And, <laughs> and um, where, what I'm really interested in is a lot of people, when I started this podcast, I was like, who do I want to talk to? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are illusioned by the fact that something outside of themselves will help them feel fulfilled or feel, make them fill their cup. So uh, what you just said really inspires people to go back inside, to do the inner work, to discover themselves, to reconnect, which I think is extremely powerful. I've lived that. You said, I walk my talk, I make sure I do. Yep. Uh, to me, I can't tolerate hypocrites. 
I'm not a hypocrite. I try as much as I can not to be one. So if I'm going to say something, it means I've lived it. It means I've experienced it. It means that to, to say that I'm sure of that piece of information, like I'm a result of that piece of information, right? Mm. And that's why I know that this works. Once I started doing the inner work, once I started to do the healing, I did not understand anything that was happening around me because it was just pure magic flowing 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 that's so powerful because once you get out of the way of your own way everything starts aligning and flowing yeah and a lot of people like for example i get a lot in my way and I know I've talked a lot about myself, but it's because… I still get in my way. I'm not perfect. You know, you know I'm still doing yeah, work every day. <laughs> my question is, how do you get into that flow of life? Surrender. And to surrender, you need to face fear right head on. Right? Uh, because… How do you face fear? Because it's, mm. it's, it's hard. You understand where it's coming from. Mm. What is it trying to do? It's trying to keep me safe and alive. That's what my mind is trying to do. So understand it. I feel afraid. Okay, tell me more. I talk to myself like that. If I'm feeling something, if I'm afraid, like, for example, I'll give an example. Yeah. In October, I was in Singapore and Mm -hmm. uh, I went uh, to Universal Studios to go on the roller coasters. Okay. (laughs) Freaking hate that. (laughs) Uh So, and uh, there's something that I don't like. It's just dropping, falling down. I don't like that feeling. Okay. I don't like it. I don't enjoy the experience. And so part of a ride, it was dropping down. And so I was feeling a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, as if I'm talking to someone, because you are. Okay, so what are you afraid of? Tell me more about that fear. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm, because that's unfamiliar. Uh, my brain is trying to keep me safe and alive. You might die. Or you're going to... Like, I... I explain that experience for myself and for my brain so that it becomes more familiar to my brain so that it's okay and i told my okay so what are the measures that are being taken for you to stay alive on that ride you're going to be in your seat with your seatbelt. Mm. so what do you want to get out of this you want to you know um the adventure do you want to just the thought of overcoming your fear for that to give you that boost or for you to be able to help literally I had my friend there with me and he was like, what are you going to tell? He was literally, he was, <laughs> he was, <laughs> shit. Great. Yeah, this shows the process. <laughs> Lebanon. So to come back, yeah. we were talking about the importance of surrender. Yes. So I, I actually had a friend with me going with me on that ride. And the, okay. he's, he's so cute. Uh, Cause uh, he's my mentor's son. So he was like, and he was giving a full-on motivational speech. <laughs> and I, that usually never works on me, but he was so good at this. So he was like, what are you going to tell your clients? That I was afraid? That wow. I wasn't able to... I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I'm going up there. But as I was going up there, like, I was so scared. So okay. here it's just talking to the fear, mm. communicating with it. And, because, and understanding where is it coming from? What am I really afraid of? Because what you're really afraid of is... because example the simplest example Mm. most people want to be right in an argument Mm. but how the brain takes it if i'm wrong then i'll die that's how extreme it is so in every circumstance it's 
no matter what, it's the, trying the, to the save back, you. The back, back, back of it is trying to keep you safe and alive. Mm. Everything that brings you pain is dangerous and it's going to kill you unless pain is so familiar wow. that you go towards pain. Right? It's a lot of So people. you're so used to pain that you take that, that route. That becomes familiar. I don't know life without pain. For some people, you know, people who have yeah. gone through pain their entire life, they don't know life without pain. So when they rest, alarm systems start to go on. Oh, this is unfamiliar, unfamiliar. I need to go back. Wow. And, and, back. and that goes back to your story that we began with, which was basically when you had that accident, your first reaction was scenario two, which is yes. positivity. How, how did that work for me? Mm-hmm. So because it was familiar. Yeah, that's what became familiar for me. Yeah. My brain switches onto positivity like no other. It's it's super fast at doing that because I rewired my brain to function like that. Mm. How can I see the, the cup half full instead of half empty? And so uh, anyone can rewire their brain. For sure. Because why? Scientifically speaking, there's a concept in your brain and in, in, in there's a concept called neuroplasticity. Yep. And it's the ability for your brain to change its shape and to create new neural patterns and new neural pathways. And if my brain is able to create new neural pathways, then I'm able to cr- change literally, physically, the shape of my brain. To explain more on that, because I, I get that, you know, it's, it might not be clear for the people not in the field. Yeah. Uh, there was a study that was, bo- that was made on taxi drivers in London. And they did, do you know about that? I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they scanned the, they did MRI scans for taxi drivers and they did MRI scans for non-taxi drivers. Mm -hmm. And they saw that taxi drivers had the bigger hippocampus. The hippocampus is a part in the brain that's responsible for space, for direction, partly. Mm -hmm. Right? So why the taxi drivers have a bigger hippocampus than non-taxi drivers? And so what they realize is that they use that area more to be able to remember the roads, to remember the space, to be able to navigate through. And so the more that they use that part of the brain, the new, the more neural, new neural mm. connections that were formed in that area. And then so the bigger it got. And so if I focus on the good, my brain is going to create new neural pathways that help me to directly because my brain wants to be efficient. It doesn't want to waste time on things it's not going to use. Right. So what you don't use, you lose. So the neural pathways. So that's here. You, you're going to tell me, how can I stop being negative? It's not about how can I stop being negative? It's about how can I become positive? What do I mean by that? It's so simple yet it's so powerful. Because if I'm going to keep focusing on how can I stop being negative? How can I stop? Be- what am I focusing on? Negative. Mm. My brain does not get I can't or I can. It, it gets the what. Right? It focuses on the what. The negative, negative, negative. So I'm not going to be able to change. But if I shift my focus, how can I be more positive? You see the power of questions? It's so simple yet so powerful. If I ask myself, how can I be more positive? And I keep focusing on that every day. I'm no longer focusing on the negative. So the neural pathways that were connected to that, I'm not using them. So my brain wants to be effective and it wants to be efficient. It's not, it's going to degrade them literally, physically. They're going to turn into proteins, amino acids, go outside of my body. And I'm going to lose that neural pathway and I'm going to create a new one. So it really shows that you can change. Yes. Yes, you can. Consistent actions over time, a lot of healing, a lot of inner work. And you can become anything that you want to become. And that's why you can create your reality. You can create your reality. Yes. That's so powerful. I love this. Okay. Um, let's go to there. Let's go there. I Recently we talked and we were doing a script and just doing a video. Yeah. For You said you had a talk with the coach of, the mental coach of Messi. Yes, Florencia Andres. And can you talk to us more about what Messi was going through and mentally and his confidence and what was happening there. Yeah, but before I say that, it's important to say that 
uh, he gave the permission to Florencia to be able to share about his yeah, story. Of course. Not just any two coaches that they get together to start to talk about their clients, confidentiality yeah, of course, and everything. Of course. So what she was telling me is mm. that the reason why Messi wanted a coach was because he was not feeling confident in himself anymore. The best player in the world. The best player in the world was not confident about his game. Wow. Yes. Okay. So that goes back to, you know, normal basketball players, professional basketball players who play nationally, not internationally. Yeah, of course. If he is prone to not be confident, then it's only normal for you to not feel confident. And it's not because he does not feel confident, then you get the uh, permission to not be confident. But that only shows that this is human nature. We go through self-doubt. But it's not about this. It's not about me doubting myself because that's natural, that's normal. It's about what do I do when I experience self-doubt? What he did was go and ask for professional help. And that's where Florencia came in and that's where she helped him to build that confidence again. And then he was out of it and back into the game fully right but once you don't deal with those emotions it's going to put you down on that negative spiral of emotions and thoughts and so it's going to take you back instead of move you forward a lot of athletes think that okay if i don't think about my emotions i'm not wasting time on those so i can focus more on my game yes but no you're not wasting time on those because if you don't deal with them they're going to come up in different ways they're going to come up with how angry you get when the coach says anything they're going to come up in how you deal with your teammates they're going to come up when you're about to shoot that shot are you actually going to go for it or you're not going to feel confident to do that when everybody's counting on you? It's in the moments of pressure where you need that mindset the most. If you don't have the tools to be able to deal with that moment, then you're really wasting your potential. Wow. Yeah. It's so powerful because, first of all, I can relate. Second of all, there's a lot of players that train a lot but have low confidence so that doesn't translate in the game. Yeah, and they lose a lot of opportunity. And I know a lot of great, great, super talented athletes who were about to get drafted into the NBA, but they didn't because of their, how they manage their emotions. Th- that's sad. Yeah. That's sad because it's that one thing that you can work on that's stopping you from not actualizing your full potential and do- living your dream. That's the difference <laughs> that's, between good and great. It's the great go full on spectrum, spiritual spiritually, mindfully, emotionally, and physically. It's not just the physical. It's not just the physical. This is, yeah, yeah, it is. And now the thing that really fascinates me, what you say is that you take a comprehensive approach. It's not just, because you used to be a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So the the body, but you used to also a dietitian. So in those things, it was mostly focused on the body, right? But you didn't. No. You focus more on the emotional, the yeah. spiritual, the mindful. I couldn't. I couldn't focus on just either giving people diets or helping them create a certain physique. I, 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 it was not true to me. I wouldn't be living my truth. So that's why I integrated like the mental part of it. I okay. even had a segment where that was called treadmill therapy. Where when, the, when, wow. when my client finishes the workout, they have 20 minutes of walking on the treadmill and we do treadmill therapy. Or just talk things out because that's how you release and you actually help the body to feel better and to heal and to become healthier and stronger. If you're holding all of these emotions, but you're coming to the gym to work out, to have a better physique, what are you doing? Are you actually becoming healthier if there are so- those emotions inside? No, let's get them all out. Sometimes those sessions looked like 45 minutes of crying because that's what your body needed today to release. 
And that's healthy. Yes, that is healthy. And so health is not only about the foods you eat or how you train. They are about, important though. They, they are, are important, super important. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's also about the emotions inside of you that you uh, you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like a cycle because if your gut has an imbalance in the good and bad bacteria, and if you don't have a healthy gut, it's gonna decrease the amount of serotonin levels in your body, decrease your happiness, create sad, um, uh, you know, create more mm. sad moods if you want, and it's gonna decrease your amount of concentration, and it's gonna you know, uh, etc. It's gonna have an impact on your emotions. Mm. And your emotions are going to have an impact on your gut because this gut is the emotional brain, right? And so if you're not happy, you're going to feel like you're cramping up in your stomach sometimes, right? So it could, like, it depends on the yeah, person. Of course, of course. But so it's really a cycle. It's a well, full spectrum. You can't isolate one from the other. And it's a loop. Yes. So uh, that's why in my programs in high performance, I always say to help you create a balance in all areas of your life because. Yes, I'm a high performance coach, so I work with high performers, with people who care so much about their careers and their growth, but they cannot deny their emotions, they cannot deny their adventures, their creative time, they're connecting with the community, going out with friends and family. If you're not doing that, I'm not really helping you. I'm isolating you from half of who you are and half of your life. Wow. Because a lot of high performers, what springs to mind right away is Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, they used to isolate themselves. Until... Yeah. No, you see, there are phases. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I thought about that too. So, okay, the best people really put things aside to be able to become the best because you need to obsess about your Yeah, you need to point. sacrifice. Yes, and you do need to sacrifice, but you also need to understand um, where you need to be clear on your priorities mm-hmm. and choose your priorities. So when you're sacrificing, you know where that sacrifice is coming from and what you're choosing to want. Yeah. And at the same time to know what you value and what really brings you happiness and fulfillment and to be doing that and making a place for that as well. Okay. For example, Kobe Bryant is uh, is a family person and he's also uh, a spiritual person as well. And he used to give time for meditation. He used to give time for his family. He used to give time for his community. Not just basketball, but when it's time for basketball, it's time for basketball and he goes full out. Okay. But is he it's yes, he used to work out several times a day. He used to uh, train a lot. He used to be the first one up. But at the same time, there are some core things in his life that were there that grounded him. Because if you don't, you cannot really last that long. Cannot be sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah. That's really powerful because um, I think we had a talk with Irwin, which is a good friend of yours. And he was talking about how Coach Phil Jackson introduced mindfulness and the Zen philosophy to Michael Jordan and, and Kobe and how this was also a grounding place. Yeah, I love, I'm so grateful for Phil Jackson, honestly, and what he did in the sports field and basketball specifically. I love that there yeah. was someone who had a good position in basketball who was able to... To instill these yes. positive and, habits. And I know it's not, it, 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 it wasn't easy. I can, I can imagine. I don't know it. Personally, but I can imagine because one, it was new. Two, people were unfamiliar to it. Three, he's dealing with athletes and he's dealing with successful professional athletes. And one of the main things that we do dealing with athletes is helping them manage their egos. So can you imagine like you're going to want me to sit and meditate? What is this going to (laughs) do? I can imagine this conversation going on, right? Because I I know, I understand that. (laughs) And I see how athletes start with me and then how they end with me. And they start with... 
honestly, I'm here because I know I'm supposed to be here, but I'm not really convinced that I need to be doing that work, but I'm just going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And then by the end of the, the journey, they're like, I wish I did it sooner Whoa. because I just became a much better player. Right. And I don't make this up. They, so you have to really put your ego aside and allow yourself to grow because as long as your ego is there, you have a limit on your growth level. As long as your ego is there, you have a limit on your growth. This is yeah. so powerful. Okay, I, I like where this is going. Um, I want to explore more as... Uh, so we talked about, to recap what we talked about, we talked about being a creator of your life. We talked about the second thing, which was breaking free from limiting beliefs. And we talked about here about societal rules. We talked about trauma. We talked about insecurity. I want to explore how can you actually reconnect with your higher self so then you're able to flow and the miracles start happening and you can bend and create your reality. I'm still figuring that out myself uh, because there are levels. Mm -hmm. um, so... I, I, I'm going to say what I said before again. It's yeah. one, to be able to reconnect with my truth, I need to first know who I am now. What know makes up who I am now? Right? Mm -hmm. So how is my subconscious mind wired? What are my belief systems? Mm -hmm. What are the stories I have in my mind? What are the identities that I give myself? What are the things that are no longer serving me and the things that, I, that do? Okay. And then, because here you need to know, okay, what makes up who I am? To be able to then know um, what direction to take on that healing journey and to really reconnect with your truth. So first there's the awareness. And then once you know, because you talked about intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think it, for me, intuition is a big thing. Yeah. I love I'm intuition. I'm going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said in the video that intuition screams, uh, mm. it, it screams at you and tells you to jump. Yes. Right? But if you have those barriers that are blocking you, the limiting beliefs. You're not going to jump. You're not going to jump. That's the biggest, one of the biggest issues that high performers deal with and they come to be for. I know I'm meant for something bigger, but there's something holding me back. What is that something? Your limiting beliefs. It's those stories you have in your mind. It's the identity you give yourself. Mm. Those things are stopping you and they're holding you back and they're not allowing you to jump because your, your actions are going to follow you, how you are wired and the definition you give to everything. I always say this sentence, we are conscious beings, subconsciously driven. Wow, I, I love what you just said. Wait, just before you say anything yeah. else, because I want to emphasize what you, what you said. We are conscious beings. Subconsciously driven. Subconsciously driven. Yes. Okay. That will be in my book one day. <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean by that is that, uh, let's say I, I know I want to get to this goal. Yeah. And I know it takes one, two, three to make it happen. Somehow I find myself doing three four five why i know i'm meant to do these because i'm i'm aware one i know mm -hmm. that this is the way i'm conscious i know that these are the steps that i need to take conscious but my actions are going to follow my subconscious wiring subconsciously driven because how i define how life is how i define myself what i deserve is gonna dictate my my behavior and so even if i know i'm subconsciously driven my actions are going to follow how I'm wired. Not what I know from here. It's what, how I'm wired from there. Okay. This is, so, a, this is so powerful. Mm. Because it covers kind of everything we've talked about until now. 
the conscious being subconsciously driven. Yes. Conscious in terms of the awareness. Yes. You know there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And subconscious driven is where those limiting beliefs take you away from fixing the issue. If they're going to dictate your behaviors and they're going to create. That's why Marissa Peer, one of the top uh, hypnotherapists mm. in the world, she always says that your subconscious beliefs create your reality. She's a thousand percent right because my subconscious beliefs are going to dictate my behaviors. My mm. behaviors are going to dictate my reality. Okay. Right? So if I believe that I'm not, if I'm not good enough, then I'm not going to go and apply for that job. Then I'm not going to get that job. Yeah. But if I believe that I am good enough, I'm going to have the courage to go and apply for that. And mm. I'm going to have that job, probably, mm. if it's meant for me. Right? So that's one way of that dictating my behavior. Okay. Talking about intuition, there's a friend who said, um, who said intuition, when it screams at you, yes, it means it, it's leading you to your greatness. How much can you relate to that statement? What is your greatness? Let's start here. Let's okay. start there. Yeah, sure. To me, I tell people, my clients, I help you have the courage to step into your power. What is your power? Mm. Your power is your true self in the present moment. What do you mean by true self in the present moment? It's me. who. But when I say true self, I mean reconnecting back with my soul that we just talked about, okay. right? So we talked about okay. the mind that's trying to navigate the world and the soul that is the essence of my being. It's who I am. It's where my gifts lie. When I reconnect with that truth and I'm being, not doing alone. You're being. Being. But I don't want to isolate being from doing either because you also need to put in action. Yeah, right? the balance. Exactly. So when I'm being myself in the present moment, mm. then I'm resonating my true frequency out into the world. That is the most powerful frequency I can resonate, right? Because it's, it's that's what I'm made of. Then I'm creating and attracting my reality. And, and other people will feel that more than you know. That's one mm. lesson that hit me hard last year. When, because I was at an event and there was 1,200 people there. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I used to walk from the door to get... And there were several stations of workshops. And people used to come up to me and they were like, there's something about your energy. There's something, there's a light that's coming out of you. Or like, uh, your, your smile has such a beautiful energy. Or it's a... Like the, when you first hear it, that's super nice. I like that's nice. Wow, thank you. But then when you hear it, and I'm not exaggerating, when you hear it from forty plus people, you start to question yourself. On that same night. Uh, no, I, it's it was over a week. Over a week. Over, over the span okay. of a week. That was crazy. I'm like, why? What do they see? I, I I don't know these people. I've I haven't interacted. They randomly come up to me to tell me that. That's crazy. Why are they saying? What is it about me? What am I doing? What? Why? And then I realized that what you see in others is what you have within you, right? They were seeing, they were telling me about the light that's coming out of me. So they were seeing my light, which was remi reminding them of their light. Mm. So if I was just being, I, and I know that I want to help people reconnect with their truth, that was part of my purpose. Yeah. What I'm really interested in is once you have that intuitive message that tells you jump. Mm. How do you build the courage? Because we talked about recognizing your truth. How do you build the courage to live up to your truth? 
So let's go back to the mind. Okay. Because it is, you know, integrated. We cannot disconnect from one. Yeah, of course. Right? So what, how is my mind? Because, and I, and I, the reason why I'm able to answer that is mm. because I ask myself those questions and I, mm. instead of, you know, fighting it, I sit in it and I'm like, let me understand why I'm not doing it. Yeah. So uh, you reconnect back with your mind and you're like, okay, so what does my mind want to keep me safe and alive? Mm. And my mind's going to take me to words because my mind's going to also help me take the action and yeah. because my mind is stopping me. Yeah. Right. So what is, what does my mind take me to words? What's familiar? All right. So jumping is unfamiliar. Okay. So how can I make it familiar? To do more of it. To do it often. Right? And But it's the first time when you do it that's really scary. So let me make the first time smaller. Wow. Okay. So first... Let me kind of remove the pressure. The Yeah. Okay. Let, me, let me just, you know, if, if I'm afraid of, I don't know, um, putting my hand in hot water, let me put it in, in warm water. So that relates kind of... To go back to what you said, to the laws of physics, that an object in motion stays in motion. So the momentum, building kind of the, that momentum. Exactly, to... exactly. And here, in this case, in, in the jumping, because you really need a lot of, you really need a lot of courage to jump yeah. into your potential. Like that's, I, I know how, how much, how courageous you need to be. But, and I work through that with my clients. A lot of my clients have a goal of I want to reconnect with my intuition deeper mm. how do you do that how do you build trust with a friend if a girl comes up to talk to you and she's like yeah you can trust me I'm like all the other girls I'm not like all the other girls okay you're gonna be like yeah yeah whatever <laughs> but then she tells you something and yeah. she actually does it and you're like hmm, okay I kind of trust. and then she tells you I'm not gonna do this and she actually doesn't do that you're like okay and then she tells you, I'm going to be there for you when you need me. And she actually shows up. You're going to be like, all right. And mm. the more that she does that over time, the more that you start to really trust that person. Consistent actions over time builds trust. So the same thing for you with your brain. If I trust my intuition, that's one time when it's telling me, go to talk to that person in the room. And I go talk to that person in the room. And I get a good feeling out of it. I'm like, hmm, my intuition was right. And mm. then uh, when I say, um, don't go, to, I don't want to go to that party. And then I don't go to that party. And then something happens. I'm like, hmm, my intuition was right. And then if I, my intuition tells me, and the little things, and I actually follow that intuition, uh, that inner voice, the more that I do that, and the more that I see that my intuition is always right, I'm building trust in that intuition. And so when it tells me to jump, I'm going to be like, I know it's going to be right. I know it's going to be better for me because I've done it all the time before and it's always right. So I'm going to jump. And you do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes back to the point of what you said, which is basically our subconscious drives us. And the more we build the habit of trusting, the more our subconscious leads us towards to, that instead of away that. from it. Mm. The mind and life is really simple. It's not that, it's not that complicated. It's it's kind of understanding the basics and then from there you can deal with because yourself. it's all about the basics. Let's talk about training. Yeah, we still go back to squats. We still go back to deadlifts. Mm. We still go back to leg presses. It's all about the basics. But then, then from the basics you have the different philosophies. Okay, you have the philosophy of uh, Chopra. You have the philosophy of Joe Dispenza. You have the philosophy of Eckhart Tolle. You have the philosophy of, but they all go. You have the philosophy of Jesus. Jesus. They all go back to that same truth. Mm, okay. Yeah. The truth is the truth. How you understand it depends on 
the way that you understand things in your life because some people are more logical some people are more creative some people are more visual some people are more auditory some people are more kinesthetic right so how do i understand life let me first know that goes back knowing who you are how do i enjoy understanding life i'm very creative i'm very visual so i like to experience things and you know be in it i like to feel things i like to see things i like to create things right mm. so All right, I'm not going to take myself to statistics and 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 numbers and facts because even though I like from coming from a scientific point of view, of course I go back to that, but in if you want to if I want to create something, I'd rather not do the market research and and see all of the numbers. I'd rather go out there and think of how can I create a good marketing campaign for that? How can I create this in an innovative way? How can I that's where my superpowers are. To experience so gonna, it kind of. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so yeah. knowing that about myself Mm. that's how I will talk to myself as well how yeah. is my brain going to understand that information if I read a book that helps me scientifically know that if I jump the, the rate of me succeeding is going to be this this percentage or is it going to be experiencing something and really having com- communication and writing about it and you know being and using the creative tools that I have to be able to experience that so understanding yourself is at the essence of it all because the essence of it all is you Everything wow. outside of you is a reflection of who you are. I repeated wow today 300 <laughs> times because it's really, it really is wow. Because it's so simple yet so powerful. Yes. And these are all things that literally this talk, imagine a little kid or anyone watching this. I would have wished that 10 years ago I was sitting here listening to this. I would have wished. I, w- I would have wished 10 years ago I had someone to guide me. That's why I really, I, I make time for people in university to have them as clients. I really like, I know I work with executives and professional athletes and, and people mm. in the business world, but I make time for people who are just starting out because I wanted that so bad. And I know if I had that, I would have been in a completely different place. No regrets. That's my path. But because that's my path, I learned from it and I want to apply and give back. Right. So I, I wish. <laughs> it's so, no, it's a liberating talk. And what I find interesting in here is that we covered kind of what's stopping you from connecting to that thing. What does it take? The first step, which is awareness. And then how can you take the jump? It's by understanding yourself. But there's something in the middle that is so simple, yet also so powerful. What is it? Accepting. Oof. Because I'm aware of That's, that. Accepting is, is, part of the, is a part of the healing. For sure. But so let's say... You accept the fact that you're not okay. Oh, sorry, you you are aware of the fact that you're not okay. I'm not okay. No, but I can't not be okay because I need to provide for my family. And I need to keep going. Um, but I'm I'm tired. No, you can't be tired because you need to grind hard. You need to be successful. If you want to be successful, you, you have to work hard. But I, I'm feeling exhausted and I feel like I need a break. No, you can't take a break. As long as there's a lack of acceptance, there's resistance for moving forward. Awareness is something, but lack of acceptance is not going to take your awareness anywhere. But if I say I'm not okay and I'm tired and you're like, I, I am not okay. I accept that. And I'm tired and I accept that. Okay. Now where can I go? What can I do about it? So you're able to move forward. Wow. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> Because <laughs> Let's like put a, like a thing. Like, <laughs> like uh, the clips about the wow. That's the trailer. <laughs> I think he was really... 
what's really so interesting is that healing, as you said it, is a mix between awareness and acceptance. It starts there. It starts there. Yes. So it's the starting point. Yes. And it's hard because high performers do have that tendency to not accept. Mm-hmm. They are aware because, of what's wrong. Because what's super loud is the ego that's trying to protect them from the pain so that they keep... Excelling and improving and achieving. Yeah. And that critical voice is so loud in high performers who are, you know, high achievers. Because the people who think that they're not good enough, that voice, that critical voice, you have to do this, why aren't you doing that? You need to be doing this. The, that It's that voice that's parenting you all the time. Mm. That is so loud in those people. Because they're always so hard on themselves. So they're always not accepting how they're feeling because there's someone that's going to be shouting at them in their mind. It's like you're living with a... <laughs> <laughs> you're living in your head with a, a angry, judgmental neighbor and I've lived, all the time. And I have lived and it's horrible. Once that voice started to dim down, I lived a completely different life. And I love it. And I'm being... And I'm doing better. So that voice really is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's a really, really powerful conversation. I would like to end it with, I know we we talked about the intuition. Mm-hmm. I want to end it with a practical tool. I know Vishen talks a lot about bending your reality and having an empowering vision which now is much clearer for people because if you understand who you are and you detach from the, the societal rules, the trauma, the, the things that limit you and you know what you want, then it makes a more fulfilling vision easier to have. Yeah. But then also being present, which we talked about also, which is awareness and acceptance, which is what Eckhart Tolle talks about in his book, which we both love so much yeah. and we've talked about before. Um, I want to talk about how do you actually put it into practice? Because for me, the goal of this podcast is to, ha- to be able to give people the ability to be rich outside, to have meaningful success, but also being rich inside. So having the, the fulfillment and happiness and alignment that you talked about all the time. So you have done the six-phase meditation. Mm-hmm. Can you explain I'm a, to I'm us? A, I'm certified. You're certified. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what I meant. And... Could you give us kind of how to do it and or how to add it to our day-to-day life? I'm going to answer you as a high-performance coach. Okay. As a, as a high-performer, to be able... What are high-performers? High-performers are people who are can be successful and are successful and they can sustain that for a longer period of time and they still feel fulfillment in all different areas of their life even when they're fully succeeding. You don't have to sacrifice one thing for the other, mm-hmm. right? And so to be able to do that, you need to create systems. And those systems need to be holistic. They need to have, one, build the right habits and the right routines that keep you in check every day to ground you and get you back to everything that really adds value into your life. Like, for example, if journaling helps you feel better, do it every day. Make time for that. Build it as a habit. Um, Grounding or meditation or prayer Mm. or, you know, eating healthy food taking care of your body, having a, a, a good support system, an accountability system, having your own coaches and mentors who hold you accountable and help you go through these things because you cannot do it on your own. And there are people who are there and willing to help you. 
So if you really want, so yes, you want to connect with your truth. Yes, you want to go after your goals. Yes, you want to jump into uh, jump into whatever your intuition is telling you to jump into. You want to build the courage. You want to do all of these things. You are what you repeatedly do, right? Going back to Aristotle as well. Mm. So it's the habits that you do every single day that create who you are in the future. So what are those habits that you're going to be building? You need to put on a pen and paper, where do I want to be? And then what kind of person do I need to become? And how can I become that person today? How can I walk like him, talk like him, dress like him, show up like him, shake hands like him? What decisions does he take? I need to start taking decisions the way that he does. I need to start building the routines that that person does every single day for me to become him. It's not about walking towards that goal. It's about bringing that person to the present moment, giving him life today, start acting like him so I elevate my vibrational frequency and match his. And you become, resonate, attract. Yes. And here then, it comes back to the first, to the start of this podcast where you said, we start out, as Aristotle said, as a white piece of paper. Yes. And then with your habits and systems, you start kind of shaping your life. Yes. And you start having kind of a, a picture. A thousand percent. A vision or yes. whatever. Yeah, that's yep. so powerful. I like this. Okay. I, I like that you shifted the attention towards the systems and habits because it's tailored it is the 20% action as well it's not the 80% inner course. work only and how is the inner work integrated into the action by putting in routines and habits and systems and people and, and community and accountability and, and, and even health and fitness everything mm -hmm. into place clearly okay. and actually take consistent actions towards them okay so the systems and the habits because it's important because some every, everyone's different and someone might do well with journaling, another person with meditation, another person. With That's why so you need I to like, know what works for you. You yeah. need to know what works. For, it comes back to the point mm -hmm. of everything we talked about. Yeah. Um, I like that you proposed this. And um, for people that are interested or that have a kind of pull towards meditation, how does the six phase meditation help them become meaningful high achievers whilst enjoying every step along the way? What I love about the... Uh, six-phase meditation is that one first it helps you to connect with your heart and mm. to connect with the love and to really feel love in all of your body and then put it out there into the world yeah. and it also helps you to connect with your mind where you visualize the kind of reality that you want to do and you feel the feelings that you feel and experience in that in that uh, visualization and in that world or goal that you want to achieve and it also connects you with your community where you're giving back. And it also connects you spiritually with God to give you the blessing. So it really encompasses your mind, the body, soul, everything, right? So by putting in that, uh, that tool into your everyday practice, what you're doing is that you're connecting with spiritual, spirituality, your mind, your emotions, and your physical. Mm -hmm. You're connecting with all of you. And you're supercharging those and you're starting your day with that or you're ending your day with that. So... It's really a holistic approach towards growth and towards grounding, towards healing and towards also connecting with your vision and ultimately then after that, going after it. So it's kind of like you're saying, one habit that could recompass or uh, kind of what I'm trying to say is kind of uh, put together everything we've talked about today, kind of the awareness. The it's one tool one tool one tool yes that could really help yes i tested it out i tried it yeah i stopped it because i didn't feel like it it resonated it just didn't feel i felt more compelled to breath work or 
yeah. something more. It depends. Every person. Every person. Yeah, different. exactly. So then it comes back to the point. Yeah. Know yourself. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. I think that's pretty much it. Um, I want to end this by saying um, that you can follow Maria on everywhere. Maria J. Saab. Is yes. that it, right? Yes. Okay. Maria J. Saab on Instagram. Um, Maria Saab on LinkedIn. TikTok soon. TikTok coming back? I uh, I don't want to say I should, but yeah, why not? You're, you're doing content much. You're, you're coming back, so people yeah. should really follow because they're going to get value from it. And, and uh, oof. I mean, 2024 started like that, but the way it's ending... <laughs> it's going to be next level. Incredible, yes, because I have like big plans and every plan that I have is how can I serve my community more? How can I add value to my community more? So if you want this kind of value, tune in. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I, I know Maria since a year ago. A year ago? Two years ago? Two years ago. Two more. years ago. COVID. More. 2019. Right, passed so fast. Five years ago. Bro. Show five years ago. 2019? No, 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 no. 20, 2020. Five. 2020. 2020. Four years ago. Four, no way. Yep. Crazy. Crazy, That's crazy. Cr- <laughs> the first time we talked was uh, on Instagram, on a live. On, on, was it Instagram? No, it's crazy. No, I did the live here. Here. I sat here. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was right. the first time we met. Oof. I swear on John. Yeah, that's right. And the I was craziest doing the live series, yeah. From the first time I talked to you, I felt a very healing energy and i think that so many people could benefit from and that's coming from the heart from listening to you and actually all the the wisdom you share is really really powerful i really hope so thank you and thank you for everything that you do and i know you know that the same applies to you and the way that how you think your philosophy how cultured well cultured you are and all of these realms uh, mental, physical, emotional, and and I respect you for the work that you do, and I'm so proud of you for this podcast. For Finally, <laughs> I can't wait to see where this is going, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Thank you for giving me the space to share my knowledge, and thank you for giving us the space to really get richer inside. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything because you've been a big part in this process, and I and want so people. Happy. I want people to know that <laughs> because a few months ago, six to eight months ago, me and you set the goal to start this podcast. Yes. And I had so many things going on and also so many limiting beliefs. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a human too. So I have a lot of things that I need to improve. And you came as a light and kind of helped me to go through it. I'm so glad. And I'm glad that you, you, you've been like kind of an angel that came to life. Anjad. Thank you. Thank you. Anjad. Thank you. Because, you <laughs> because, um, Back then, and I was doing something, it wasn't my passion. I was making money from it. It was enjoyable, but not, heck, I'm, I'm, my heart is full. Mm-hmm. And when I touched podcasting, and you pulled me also to break those limiting beliefs and to just, you instill those seeds, which maybe took a bit more time than It takes most as much time as it does. No, 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 that's not yeah. true. Don't, don't say that story in your mind. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm glad that it finally came into fruition. Me too. And I can't wait to see where it's going to go. You thought that your journey was going to end up behind the camera. People need to hear what you have to say, Fahad. And I feel like you need to be a guest on your own show. If you want me to question you on one episode, I'd love to. Because I feel like you have a lot of gems to share as well with people. Okay. And you have a lot of wisdom. So I'm happy that you're g- giving people the chance to hear you out as well. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your time. My biggest pleasure. This. 
Um, biggest pleasure. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for tuning in to episode number five of the Rich Insight podcast. Um, and tune in every week, every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern for a new episode.